a beard A man's face should never be bare We just want some facial hair We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for a beard Hey, good morning. This this is uh, Behind the Beards. And here on Behind the Beards, we take a look behind the scenes and try to reveal the things that you need to know about the minds and hearts of your ministers and ministry leaders. Mm-hmm. I'm Joshua Fowler, a preaching minister in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And my beautifully bearded brothers here, Aaron Partlow, is a youth minister in Longview, Texas. And his comrade up there in Longview, Jody Gardner, is a preacher. Aaron, that transition is going to make it almost impossible for me to edit when I go to pull the the sound off of this. But Perfect. That's how thank I wanted you. it. That's right. Uh, what's going on today, guys? Y'all doing all right? I am doing good. You got, your, you got your day off yesterday, right? Well, it's usually Fridays, but I took it off because uh, funeral. All, all weekend was consumed with preparing presenting a funeral and then Easter Sunday, man, that was a stressful weekend. So yeah, I crashed yesterday. And just you know, it's, I, I think I've talked about this some, a little bit, but, um, it feels like Longview is a travel to <laughs> congregation. Uh, it felt like our first service was plump. It was very full. Uh, and I have worked <laughs> previously at the churches that I worked to worked at, like the churches were a travel away from. So like everyone would leave and go see their family on Easter. Easter. Uh huh. And I felt like, at least I felt like at our first service, like it was like really full. So, and there was a lot of guests and visitors that I had never seen, which was like family and kin and stuff like that. So, yeah. And we had a lot of people gone as well. And we had a lot of people gone. Like, if people wouldn't have left, like it'd have been crazy. So and it's funny. I think, I think the last time we had Jody on, we were coming up on Easter as well. I think so. I think uh, yeah. I remember last time I was on here, I could barely talk. So it probably was spring. Yeah, and I was in Mexico. Yeah, I you know, on that, that mission trip. So um, it was fun. Something Easter. It was just time, right? With with Easter here in our rear view. Yeah. There's something about Easter, man, that just of of all the holidays, I feel more pressure around Easter than than any of them to to kind of be right. Um, it's the resurrection know. of Jesus. Come on now. <laughs> Come on. It's kind of a big deal in our faith. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of extra pressure. This year, though, I tried to relieve that pressure from myself by just, as I was praying and thinking about it, I was like, you know, in a lot of ways, just do prepare like you nor- normally do on any Sunday and just, you know, let the word speak and not, and like I just tried to keep reminding myself it's all right it's not all on you it's but in years past yeah i feel like it's i gotta really put a little extra emphasis mm. and tell a funny story to start off and then something's gonna make everybody cry like it's got to be this great easter sermon but this this year i didn't feel quite as much pressure and it was just kind of a regular old sermon too but it leading into it i felt a lot better yeah it's a it's such a good truth to keep reminding myself of right it's right. really not about you. Yeah. <laughs> it's not all on you to to make or break Easter. That's what I've reminded myself. Yeah, it's more on the Easter egg hunt going well. <laughs> that's what people are really remembering. From some people's perspective, yeah, that's what, what it's all about. And then there's other people that just really enjoyed the singing. So everybody's got their own 
unique take on what what makes it a good Sunday, I guess. What makes it a good Easter Sunday? I just like coming, uh, showing up and seeing like just everyone, kids and everybody just, you know, dressed up and you got new clothes. Um, You'd be sorely disappointed in, uh, in me every Sunday. In you. <laughs> I'm, I am so uh, dressed down for church. It's okay. Oh, boy. Just a, it's just kind of cool. You walk in, it's all the kids are, you know, dressed and everybody's got new dresses and uh, it's that first, uh, first hint of spring. And so in the South, you know, they're really big about when you can wear certain colors and certain fabrics and things. So, yeah, you know, the seersucker suits show up on Easter, the bright colors, whites, it kind of just feels different when you, when you come in. So, yeah, there's definitely more energy and excitement in the room and everything Mm -hmm. goes longer in the worship service. (laughs) I got, did you hear Rodney when he was, uh, after the imitation song, he's like, well, that was a good sermon, but you went a little long. <laughs> I, I looked at the time. I was like, it was about two minutes longer than normal, but everything else was long that day. It's Man, I don't know up. any preacher who preaches extra long when he gets a chance to preach. <laughs> nobody. Right, Mr. Nobody. 38 minutes up here. Was it 38 minutes or something? 30, like, I it preached was 38 a, some odd. I preached a yeah. long sermon the last time I preached. And you I had a couple know. sermons in one, but it was good. I don't even know why it was so long. As long as nobody walked out, right? You you were nervous about your your final point. You said so. You kept I was. Going to That's speak. right. That was the you problem. Just kept so avoiding it. Yeah. <laughs> Keep talking, and then you won't have to say it. <laughs> well, it looks like we're out of time. We'll finish the sermon in twelve months when I get back up here. Well, what in the sabbatical is that? Um, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation today. Aaron came up and was like, hey, Jody's taking a sabbatical. You want to talk about sabbaticals? I was like, yes, because I've never had a sabbatical. I would love to take a sabbatical and have no idea uh, what, you know, where to even start there. Right. I appreciate that, Jerry. Um, I was wearing white pants on Sunday morning. So uh, oh, nice. I think brave. <laughs> I think Jerry Germany could pull off white pants. Maybe. I get nervous just wearing a white shirt. I have that white behind the beards polo, and I am stressed out all day. Yeah. My white behind the beards polo is already ruined because I will ruin white. I've wore it like once, so that's why mine's still good. Uh, we're going to be talking about sabbaticals. How do you how do you mm-hmm. prepare? What do you have? What is a sabbatical? I guess we can kind of start there. What is a sabbatical, and who needs one? So. Aaron, what's a sabbatical? Um, I think, um, you know, this this kind of hits me a little bit close to home because we're, we're doing this lesson of, uh, lesson series with the teens about the seven deadly sins uh, and just talking about these from a different angle and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we talked about sloth this last week, and I think this really hit the kids home because all, all of them, they were like, oh, it's being lazy. And I was like, it is being lazy. But it's actually not really about just like, you know, hey, you need to mow the lawn, but you watched cartoons all day Saturday. It's more about, hey, you're being lazy in your spiritual life. You're not practicing your spiritual disciplines. And I think um, for me, a sabbatical is is one of those moments where, like as a preacher or as a minister or, or whatever, it's that moment for you to really catch up <coughs> on uh, like late spiritual work um, for me. It, it's a month for you to just like go into a super intense catch up 
with God and a spirit tuning kind of uh, month. And so, uh, and this is my opinion. This is like how I would define it. And so you take this month to disconnect from everything else and only connect with God. Um, and, and you do this in multiple ways and you try to do this in multiple ways and there's multiple ways to prep and stuff like this. But at the end of the day, that's what I would define it as. It is, it is the time period that's set out for you where your entire goal is to be silent when you need to be silent, to speak when you need to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that communication uh, is with God. Um, and so you're really working through your, you know, your spiritual disciplines uh, just to kind of connect uh, really with God and to find direction and guidance in what we should be, what, what you should be doing in your ministry. So yeah, I like that I connection that. with uh, I like that connection with sloth. I hadn't really thought of that before, mm. or hadn't really put those two together of being lazy, being lazy spiritually, and how sabbaticals put us in there. Well, that came when I was like doing more research about it, and they were like, "Well, it's turned into this," but when it was originally like described, it was it was because you know, hey, you're not praying, you're not fasting, you're not doing this, and so the sin of sloth. <laughs> Uh, is derived from that idea of being lazy in your spiritual disciplines. So, so Jody, I guess you're about to take a sabbatical when uh, somebody says, hey, you're due for a sabbatical, which is awesome, by the way, that your um, elders set that in place for you guys. Yes, Not something that we typically think about in the outset of getting started with uh, the place or a church, but um, how's that kind of... How does Aaron's idea there kind of fit in with what you have? Yeah. Um, well, I was in his <clears throat> class last week when he talked about the spiritual sloth. So oh, I, that's I, right. Yeah. So I, I, I had a feeling I knew where you're going with that. But yeah. Teacher evaluation. <laughs> when, yeah. When I started here at Pine Tree, sabbatical was not a part of the package. But that's something that's been talked about for about five years. And we had a few elders that uh, kind of took the ball and ran with it and started researching and trying to figure out what they want to offer for us. So every church that offers a sabbatical is probably a little different. Um, I can tell you how we're, how, the way we're set up is basically every five years, uh, they're giving me a one month sabbatical. So some churches do every seven years, you get three months or, you know, just depends on how they set it up. So I get one month uh, and my five years is up this June. So I'm taking it in July. Like I'm taking it pretty quick. I have a year to take it. And I'm taking it like right away. Uh, and, and so there's so many practical things you could talk about uh, with, with Sabbath. So I'll come back to maybe a definition. But uh, I'm taking it in July because my kids are out of school. And it works well with the rest of my family schedule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I told the elders, I don't want to take it in October and then I'm going off to do some solo week and my wife is stuck here trying to get the kids up, get them to school. If they get sick, she's all on her own. Like that just seems selfish. Mm. So I wanted to make sure when I'm taking my solo week, she's, you know, kids aren't in school and she has the freedom to travel right. or do whatever. So that's why summer for me, I had the freedom within that year to choose whatever month I wanted. And that's why I chose July. So it fit well there, but you know, the idea is just to rest, like to, you know, I don't, Aaron kind of said this, but reconnect with God, uh, just stop all working. And it's kind of the same mm-hmm. idea of taking a Sabbath day each week where you, you're not checking your work email, you're not working on sermons or anything ministry related. Uh, this is that con it's 
that idea just extended for a whole month. Well, ministry is different um, than, you know, any of the other jobs that I have worked. Uh, you know, I spent, you know, 11 and a half years in the car business. And, you know, we were never, I mean, I mean sabbatical. If you would have talked about taking a sabbatical there, that would have kind of been like, what I don't think so. We'll give you a permanent sabbatical, you know. <laughs> kind of a, yeah. um, but the nature of the job is is so different. The nature of the work is so different. Um, I mean, I think about what, you know, we do as ministers that, you know, week after week, if you're preaching one sermon or two sermons or teaching a couple of classes and then planning activities, there's just so much of yourself that gets poured into, you know, the work that you're doing. Um, if you aren't taking the time to, to really rest and recover from that and to be filled, uh, it's hard to do on a weekly basis. Yeah. Uh, you can find those little places to get that done. I, you know, the, the pine tree, uh, podcast is one of those things that on Monday morning, um, I always kind of tune in and listen just to find those moments where you're getting filled by, by someone else and yeah. kind of receiving some teaching as well as giving it. Um, but to, to get to this place where you can just put everything aside and, and really, um, replenish, mm -hmm. you know, your soul and your spirit, uh, it, it's, demands a little more out of you than just regular work so when i think that's when we talk about ministry there's such an importance there with with taking that that sabbath rest and it's not like you know we're just going and doing nothing right yeah uh, it's, it's a it's an intentional form of rest it is, um, it is yeah they have it split up like a, a four-week split on how they want me to spend my time so it's not just a Go, go wherever you want. Or, I mean, it is kind of like, yeah, that. it's intentional about what, how they want me to spend that time. I think that's really important for, um, uh, like, um, if you don't know about sabbaticals, like if this is the first time you've ever heard anyone talk about one, yeah, it's not like a month long vacation. It's not like you're like, Hey, I'm going to go to Cabo for a month. And, um, and that's going to be my sabbatical. Um, it, it is, it's intentional and it's planned out. And, um, I think when I when I compare it to spiritual disciplines, like there is that disciplined part of it, like it's yeah. intentional, intentional uh, and, and discipline that comes with that. And I think that goes with like a minister when you're trying to take like a sabbatical day, your Sabbath day, you know, your day off, like it takes discipline to be able to do it, it takes discipline throughout the week to be able to prep for that day. And then it takes discipline for that day to like, not check uh, like your emails or, yeah. or to really not answer somebody back or, well, that's or something a, like that. Just kind of jumping in there that I like, I've done a good job the last few years of not checking work email or working on sermon on my, I call mm -hmm. Friday my Sabbath day. Cause that's my only mm -hmm. true day off, but, but man, everybody just texts now. So I, there's been several Fridays this year where I woke up, before 8 a.m. I think there's mm -hmm. a rule that nobody can text before 8 a.m. But there's like texts going <laughs> different this you know committee we were on together or deacons, you know, and I'm like, man, on a Friday morning, like my day off, I can't just wait to respond to that email tomorrow. It's coming through through my text messages. So that's why the burner phone idea is a good idea for a sabbatical where only a few people have your number. 
but anyways, back to what you were saying, Josh, I feel like, yeah, people that uh, in the ministry world, for me, at least, my family doesn't get to experience like what most families would get to experience on the weekend. Because for mm-hmm. me, I, I don't know if it's just the way I operate, but I, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, I got to start getting in gear for Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I review out loud multiple times. Sometimes I, I'm working three or four hours on finalizing the sermon and like reviewing over it, tweaking things in the PowerPoint. So we're never going out and doing something big on a Saturday night. My kids don't get to experience that. You know, Sunday's pretty much a full day. So that that's where like the sabbatical ideas when we work during the week, we get a Friday off, but then weekends are just completely filled up, especially when you have a funeral. Mm-hmm. The sabbatical is almost a way of saying, we're going to give you those days back with your family and you can just rest and calm down. And it's hard to get it out of your system too. Yeah. And you're, you're taking your solo, right? So the way they have it split up is a one week with my wife. So just the two of us, one week with my whole family, one week by myself, and then one week either going to some kind of conference, which there's nothing offered that I can find in July, or reconnecting with like your family from back home. So I think we're going to try to stay in the area we grew up in and just be with friends and family there. So it's kind of a four-week split of only one of those weeks will I be by myself. I may kickstart it and go off somewhere for a day or two on the very beginning. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of the split that they have it. And from everything that I've read, studied, and what people have talked about, it takes about two weeks to really be on sabbatical. Like mm. you're you're still thinking about you're still feeling this like <laughs> guilt. And you're feeling this pressure like you need to do something. And it like you're there's something inwardly that's going on that it takes about two weeks to really settle down. So you're what I've been told, you're not really on sabbatical inwardly until like two weeks into it. You know, I feel like I do experience some of that. Like, I feel like I experienced that in August. Um, you know, after summer, and summer's so busy as a youth minister, and yeah. like, you just you do a whole bunch of stuff. The kids are out, and people are like expecting you to just always be doing something with the teenagers every single day. That like it takes two <laughs> weeks of August for me to go. Okay, what do we have next? What, what what what's next on the like? Okay, what what do I have this week? What do I got to make sure I have everything planned for to go? Oh, like the kids are back in school. Um, we're gonna we're gonna cool off because I gotta let the kids get back to uh, used to being back in school. Then I have to get back into like a regular swing of things. Um, so it's interesting to think like, yeah, it takes like a couple weeks to be able to find your sabbatical groove. Yeah. Um, well, so we have a friend that um, from Houston that took a sabbatical and he went out to this monastery and. I told him, I said, man, if I'm real honest, like being in a monastery by myself in silence kind of terrifies me. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I'm not really sure I would really like the person I would, I would have talking back to me in those moments when you can really, you're, you're forced to be really honest with yeah, that's, uh, yourself. And uh, I, I've actually heard that from others before that that's all your, uh, stuff that you've kept repressed and buried usually comes to the surface and you have to deal with it when you're Ugh. sitting in silence for a while so i'm kind of preparing like, would you that. leave your phone and your watch in the car and take like an analog watch well that's i'm gonna try to have the burner phone so i i'm not really 
using it uh, and get her old school. You, you don't need to watch if you're on solo week. There's no time to be anywhere. That's so, true. So how are you preparing for this uh, sabbatical um, personally? So it, there's a lot of preparation. It's a lot of work just to get there. I mean, you start with the elders did the sabbatical covenant with me. So I signed my agreement. They signed their end. We, we prayed to, prayed over me. So that's that was like step one. Step two was I had to give them a list of names for them to approve for guest speakers while I'm gone. So we talked through that probably in February at the elders meeting. And then I started setting up that schedule. So just getting you know speakers lined up, working with everybody's schedule, just so that I can be gone is one thing. And then trying to figure out when we're going to go where. So I've talked to... Um, 1128 Ministries, is that what it's called? Uh, I don't know if you've heard of that. A guy named Trey Finley, uh, he's one of the directors there. I had a Zoom session with him one day. And uh, he, like through that, he gave me connections of different host families that will offer a place to stay. You get, is that Sam in the background? No, it was yeah. Lauren. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... I. It's, it gets really expensive to be gone for a whole month. So uh, he offered, you know, some options on like people that will host you. So mm -hmm. we ended up, we're going to go to Pagosa Springs, Colorado the third week because that's when this house was available. So it's, we just got to pay for a cleaning fee and pay to get there. So that determined when we're going there with our family because that was the available date. Uh, I found another free resource in Louisiana. It's like a three cabins. And you can come stay for free if you're a minister and you get approved and they provide meals for you. So that that's not available until the second week in July. So Josh is like, where's that at? Uh, yeah, I can send you. I can send it to you. You should look. You know what, it. what town it was in uh, or near? I don't even know how to pronounce it. Uh, it's two hours from here. I'll, I'll send you the website. Uh, All right. Anyways, I, I could go on forever about it, but just preparing takes a long time like getting speakers mm -hmm. figuring out where you're going to go how much money you want to spend uh and and things to that nature but yeah reading books i've been slowly reading through this book right here it's called invitation to retreat by ruth haley barton uh and it's i think this is really helping to prepare me for what to expect and how to slow down and go from like you were saying, Aaron, in the summertime, you're like in fifth gear going full speed. Right. And all of a sudden, for sabbatical, you're just like, you know, you put it in neutral and you just stop. You get a little whiplash and you got to learn to settle down. It's a bad example, but, you know, I grew up, I worked like two and a half, three years at a jack in the box. And uh, it was a very unethical place at some points because i'd have two cooks and then i was the only person who spoke english as my first language and so for like six seven hours i ran drive through and front counter and you're wearing those headsets and you've got beeping and you've got all stuff going on and you're trying to like be organized and get orders out and everything and i remember like i'd go home and it'd be like 2 a.m and i would wake up and i would be like i gotta get that guy i gotta get that order out yeah. <laughs> you know, and then I'd be like, I'd have to like tell myself, no, you're at home, you're in bed. And sometimes I'd still be in work clothes because I'd be tired. I'd just crawl into bed and I'd have to remind myself like that I'm at home, that I'm in, in bed. I'm not really hearing the beepings of like the fryer going off and stuff like that. Um, and that's like, I feel like that's kind of 
like what you're going through the first couple yeah. weeks of like your sabbatical is like, Oh, I hope it's going to happen this weekend. Like, I hope everything's fine on Sunday. Um, and so you've got to like almost retrain yourself to be like, no, I need to be focused on this. Like yeah. surely a church full of adults can function yeah. for like four weeks without one person. Right. Yeah. Well, so, I would encourage people, um, like, if you value your minister and you value the work that they do and you don't want to replace that guy every five years, um, like, contend on their behalf for this kind of time every once in a while. Yeah. Because, yeah. Look, and this is, this is, I think this is the flaw that I see in myself and many people who are like me. We chose this calling um, not only because we believe in it, but because it's something that we want to invest in. Mm. And if your minister is doing their job, he, um, they're going to invest all of themselves in that work um, and in that church and in those people. And there's something about asking for a month off that feels selfish and it feels weak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, <laughs> yeah. it feels like, man, if I go here and I ask this, I it just doesn't feel right, even though it is right. And and I think maybe that's kind of Satan's way of, of setting us up for failure is by refusing to ask for the time that we need. Um, because how insane is it that we think we don't need this or we shouldn't be taking it when Jesus regularly took that yeah. time to, to retreat oh, I was about to say that. into the mountains into the hills, into the quiet places for that one-on-one -on -one time with the Father. I was yeah. about to say, like, I hate how much, like, I preach and I teach and I say those exact words. And yet, like, I struggle to, like, legitimately just take my watch and my phone off and, and just, like, unplugged. be away and, like, truly be unplugged because I'm like, ah, but what if somebody needs me? Like, what if Lauren needs me? What if, like, yeah. uh you know that office needs me or something and there is a it's lot hard. of work but it's worth it right mm -hmm. yeah it's worth it's it totally worth it i think that's a great point to people at your church you know if you if you want to keep a minister around for a while you contend on their behalf because they're probably going to feel guilty asking for it even though like our body and our soul will send signals that we need to rest there is a guilt feeling of like uh, I just got to gut it out and I don't want anybody to think I am lazy, you know, or I can't cut yeah. it. So this is why it's been really nice here at Pine Tree is our elders. Like I, we, I was a part of the initial conversation, but they took it and ran with it and gave it to me. I didn't have to beg for it. And hopefully we'll get one set up for Aaron as well in the near future. I'll contend for you, Aaron. Four uh, years. Oh, yeah. Man. So I'll take it in the, June. There's that aspect, what you were talking about. And then also on our behalf, like when we're not preaching, mm. like who are we when we're not performing? Mm -hmm. I, it sounds bad to say performing because I don't mm -mm. view it like a performance, but when you're doing a funeral or you're doing a Sunday morning sermon, you're up in front of people. And so you're prepping mm -hmm. for that all week. And then all of a sudden you're not doing that. So who are you when you're, when you're just a regular person? <laughs> It sounds yeah. weird. So what somebody challenged me to think on, this is what I'm trying to say, is they said, when you reflect on this question during sabbatical, who am I if I'm not preaching? And yeah. that may be in the silence when you try to 
figure that out. Like who, I think I've kind um, of lost who I am in a way. And those those questions are scary. And I feel like I recently, you know, like being, you know, I just hit one year at Pine Tree, and I feel like there's that gap in between jobs, and like you might have like a couple Sundays where like you're not like the youth minister because you haven't started your new job yet, and yeah. you quit your old job. And so, yeah, it's like, it's that feeling of, I've experienced, I've expressed that with some people, like, it's very rare that I get to just go to church, yeah. you know, um, because, because I'm always doing something and I'm thinking about the, the sabbatical Sundays now. Um, and I'm like, maybe that's a good idea. Like, that is a good idea. Maybe I should invest and really think about doing that, um, you know, coming up or whatever. But, um, but yeah, that. That's those are good questions because uh yeah because I rarely just get to go to church. If I'm going to a church it's usually, you know, um I'm I'm with teenagers, you know, and I'm I'm making sure my teens are are doing good because we are on a mission trip or something like that or you know, or I'm working, you know, and so I'm that's my Sunday morning at Pine Tree or something like that. Um, yeah. so who am I if I'm not preaching, if I'm not the youth minister? Yeah, another question somebody gave me to reflect on was that one, and he said you're used to giving all the time. So ministry, you're teaching somebody something, or you're listening mm -hmm. to their problems and giving them advice, whatever it may be, or, or sitting with a family that just lost a loved one. So you're always kind of giving something. But he said, "What's what's it like to receive?" And that was all he asked. He's like, "Just think on that during the sabbatical." You know, it's kind of like when Jesus wanted to wa uh, wash their their feet, and Peter's like, "No." Mm -hmm. can't wash like how, what's it like to just sit there and let your feet be washed and receive you, a little bit do you see that um I, josh I, sh I shared with you that tiktok and it's pretty funny it's like this guy he wakes up and it says you know peter every morning and he's like i'm gonna impress jesus today <laughs> and then he walks up and jesus is like uh turn the other cheek and he's like oh and he's like wipe it says wiping blood off the dagger from cutting someone's ear off and he's like, he's like, I'm gonna impress Jesus today. Uh, and then he's like soaked. And he's like, why did you not believe? And then he goes, I'm gonna impress Jesus today. Uh, and it just like keeps going on. And he's like, get behind me, Satan. And he's like, me? I was like, oh man, how we feel sometimes being a Christian. Uh, well, you have that meme that pops up uh, every year about this time. It says, you know, what would you do if you had one day left to live? Right. Yeah. And and it says Jesus knew. And he washed people's feet. <laughs> um, but, wow. you know, so, but that's the mentality that we get into, you know, of serving, serving, serving. And it's often difficult to be on the other end. I mean, just, mm -hmm. I find myself in Peter's shoes going, no, no, no. My savior doesn't wash my feet. Yeah. Um, you know, so, but, but to receive those things is tough. Uh, it's a, it's a difficult mindset for us to shift into. Um but it's so vital to being able to continue down, you know, the path that we're on, uh, because you just simply, there's only so much you can pour out of a container, you know, and it's empty. Mm -hmm. And if, and if the container is empty, you can turn it over all you want. There's nothing, you just have nothing left to give. Yeah. Um, the well runs but, uh, dry after a while and you gotta, it does. You gotta fill it back up. Is there a, something specific that you, I don't want to say you anticipate, but that maybe you hope to gain. Out uh, of it, it's kind of changed a little bit. I, I think I had big expectations maybe a year ago when I knew this was coming, like 
I'm going to have some special revelation that's going to change my life. Uh, more recently, here's what I'm kind of thinking. And, and who knows? I want to be open to however God leads me. So I, whatever happens from this may be totally unexpected. But uh, so I'm listening to a book right now called At Your Best by Carrie Newhoff. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've read it, but it's a, it's a good, helpful little book. And what drew my attention to it was a podcast with Amy Stanley and Carrie Newhoff about this book. Hmm. And they talked about, they're like, sabbatical is nice, but it's not the solution to an unsustainable pace. They said the solution to an unsustainable pace is a sustainable pace. And so they're saying you you can go on a sabbatical and get a break, but if you jump right back into the the crazy busy life that you had before, where you're always available to people and your phone's ringing on a Tuesday night when you're trying to spend time with your family or people are texting you at 7.30 on a Friday morning. Like if you don't right. learn how to have firm boundaries and be okay with that too, like not feel like oh, I have to respond because that's one of our deacons. Like if you can't change that, then the sabbatical is just a nice break. Right. So my my hope is that this will be really good for me and my soul and who knows what God may teach me during this, but that before and especially after that I can I can learn to rest even when I'm not on sabbatical. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, developing new habits. Yeah. I think of like if I was in your shoes, the thing that I would be hoping to get from it is um I remember what it's like to start somewhere new where everything's fresh, everything's new, everything's exciting because there's uh, there's just that that newness that comes uh, because you're you're excited to to impart these things that you've studied and learned and all your stories are new you know yeah. all of your illustrations are new you don't have to kind of go through this uh, man have I said this before <laughs> yeah. Um, yep and so just that fresh spirit that comes you know when when you're yeah. walking into that place maybe for the first time or for the first year or two where everything's just um, just renewed. Yeah, definitely. That, that's, that is a kind of like a five-year mark of if I were moving here, what would I want to do? What would I be passionate mm. about? And you can kind of get, yeah. you can lose your passions when you're just going through the weekly grind of what's expected, what you have to do. So that what you're saying is Eddie Sharp is a longtime preacher, and I talked to him about a month ago. Mm-hmm. That every five years he would he would kind of go away and just be with God and try to he wasn't in, intentionally trying to do this but in a way like moving out he was in Abilene and then he would move back in mentally mm-hmm. he's like all right starting from scratch what do I want to do in this city in this community with this church and that was what he was advising me to do as well it's like you come back from that sabbatical and it's like you're moving there for the first time wow yeah what do you cool what do you see? Like, what do you, what, what do you want to accomplish? So, yeah. Sabbatical. I'm, I'm still two months away. Are y'all going to interview me afterwards? Yeah, um, I think so. Depends on how it goes. Depends on yeah. if you decide to come back or not. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's true. Hey, I can tell you one thing a lot. With, we were talking before you started recording about done six funerals this year so far. So it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of worked out to almost every other weekend. I'm still Man. working because the funeral, meeting with the family, getting it ready, and then conducting the funeral. And what I keep telling myself is just hang in there. 
you're almost to July and then you get to take a break. But I don't know if that's the healthiest way to live because I can't, once the first sabbatical is over, I gotta wait five more years. So there, there probably is a much healthier way to, to take a Sabbath rest every week. Yeah. And I, I like the, uh, the philosophy of coming in to look for, for new habits and new disciplines. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's just something in the spiritual disciplines that, that we miss. Um, and you know, that discipline of rest, man, yeah. it's hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard and we don't make it easy on ourselves. And because we don't make it easy on ourselves, we open doors and pathways for the people around us to also not observe that, that discipline yeah. for themselves or, or to allow us to do that. Um, and so, you know, said creating new, new pathways, new avenues, new habits, um, new habits and, and just kind of remembering maybe why we got in it to begin with. There's, yeah, that's there's right. several resources I could share. One, there's a book by Wayne Cordero. I think it's called Leading on Empty. And he has a chapter on sabbaticals. And he mentioned uh, Michael Jordan when he, you know, went on these championships in the NBA. Uh-huh. And he and go play baseball? Quits and goes and plays baseball. Yeah. He was terrible <laughs> at it. Or I don't know if he was terrible, but didn't work out too well. And then comes back and wins some more championships, but there was like a sense of renewal because he just tried something different. And so Jody's going to come and be our children's minister for a year. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> know what I'm saying. <laughs> and then jump in and, and be our uh, come back and be our public minister. But I did I did like that example, and it kind of, and I'm piecing what Wayne Cordero said with somebody else. But they're like you you might use that time to find your new hobby. So not just coming back with better habits but also like here's something i enjoy doing that's not ministry related mm. and i didn't know i liked it until i was on sabbatical and had some extra time on my hands yeah i can see jody getting into whittling whittling yeah knitting or something <laughs> cross stitch <laughs> needlepoint oh yeah we can find all sorts of things That'd underwater be- basket weaving um that would be Something I wonder else, where right? that phrase like originates from because I feel like that's like a phrase that doesn't get used a lot today. But I remember like growing up using that all the time as like something ridiculous. Underwater, what, underwater basket. basket weaving. Yeah, I never heard that growing up. What? Different. That's Oregon. crazy. Must that's be what, a uh, thing. Well, we did it because that's what we said. All the uh, athletes going to college would major in underwater basket weaving. Underwater basket weaving. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You have a behind the beards moment, Aaron. I don't. I think uh, I think the behind the beards moment is. I think this is something that we don't think about. I think that there, there's. Uh, I think we hit a really hard point uh, for me uh, that like there is a lot of guilt. There's and it's it's not necessarily a bad guilt. Like we choose ministry because um, like we're very passionate about it, and I choose to not fully disconnect. I choose to worry about things if I'm on vacation and things like that, and. Um, I need to choose a healthier and a better way, um, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And so, uh, you know, a sabbatical is not just a, a vacation. Um, it does, it does take a lot of work. It takes a lot of soul work. Um, you gotta work on yourself and you gotta work on your soul and you know, you have an assignment and that's to really like let go and really connect with God. And if we can help our ministers find that kind of a place, like, you know, it, it, 
they're going to be able to connect better. They're going to be able to serve better. They're going to be in a better place. Um, mm -hmm. and so it's really for the health of the congregation. Yep. And uh, even while saying that, like there's this instance, there's like a gnawing voice in the back of my head that says, man, when you say all that, that's just so selfish. It's just so selfish. Mm. Um, and I just, I never made that connection about like being Jesus's disciples and what it would have really felt like for Jesus to be like, all right, I'm going to wash your feet. You know, and I probably would have been like Peter and been like, no, don't wash my feet. And then yeah. Jesus is like, I have to wash your feet. Well, then if you're going to wash my feet, wash my whole body. I don't need to do that. I just need to wash your feet. <laughs> you know, hey, get out I of your own head. To, I just need you to take, I just need you to take a sabbatical. I just need yeah. you to take a day. I just need you to fully rest so that you can fully serve. Um, and I think that's, for me, that was, that was really home run hard hitting uh, for me and has now made me rethink a lot of things. Yeah. So well, that. that's good good thought and, and it's the other side of the the people who are called to serve in these things to serve mm -hmm. in these positions um for me it forces me to deal with the other side of my personality the the, the same thing that makes me good at what i do in in serving the church is maybe the very same thing that makes me really bad at understanding what I need to continue doing that. Wow. Um, and so when you say it is for the, for the health and well-being of the church as a whole, uh, you know, sometimes we need to be forced to confront the thing we need most yeah. and to be given the permission to say, it's okay for you to take time to fill yourself so that you can continue doing what you've been called to do in this place. Um, and, and sometimes we just need people to not only contend on our behalf, but force us to confront that truth mm -hmm. um, because it's just not something that we've been trained to do and given permission also, to do. It also makes me just think about like, like pastor accountability, you know, and I need mm -hmm. people to help in the congregation. Like as much as I preach from the pulpit or teach in my class about being um, accountable to your spiritual disciplines and moving through that, like I need people to come up to me and be accountable to, um, you know, I'll always appreciate, I had a deacon of youth who, you know, I sat there in front of the kids and said, Hey, we're going to Oregon for a week, but if you need me, just text me, call me like, I'll have my phone or whatever. And then he got up in front of the class and he says, so he lied. He is going to Oregon for a week. And if you need anything, you'll text and you'll call me because he'll That's be right. in Oregon for the week yeah. on vacation, spending time with his family. Uh, and we can take care of things. Uh, yes. and, and you know, at one point I was like, man, why are you talking over me like that? And then, you know, now I look back at that and I go, man, that's true. Like, thank you for that. And I need people right. to help keep me accountable uh, yeah. in that sense. You know, um, recently I had a, an elder come up to me and uh, and just say, hey, are, have you been taking your days off? Like, you look you look tired. <laughs> and I was like, Thanks. he's like, have you been have you like when was the last time you had a day off? Like, do I need to just tell you to take a couple of days off? And I was like, no, I have been taking, I've just, I didn't sleep well the last couple of nights, but I, I have been, I have been doing good with that. But, but this like, is just how nice. I look. Sorry. It's just, yeah, I'm just, I'm just naturally ugly. Okay. Uh, anyway, I think that's great. Hey, we want to thank good. you all for being here today. We, we, uh, we appreciate you and, and Jody, we appreciate you coming on and talking with us again. Yeah, we look forward to uh, catching up with you after your sabbatical. Um, and seeing how it went, um, good and bad and messy, all the stuff. So, 
but anyway, we want to thank you all for being here today. Uh, we want to remind you of Galatians 6, 9. That's something that is very close to our hearts at Behind the Beards. Um, don't grow weary in doing good. That's it, plain and simple. Just don't grow weary in doing good. Trust God and trust his plan uh, and lean on him for strength. This world is messy. Our life is messy. Um, so allow Christ to use you to do something different, something good in his name. I'm Aaron, this is Josh, and this is Jody, and we will see you next week on Behind the Beards. Till we're all growing a beard A man's face should never be bare We just want some facial hair We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for a beard Oh.